What's up, guys? You know who it is, your boy JS7, and we back. We back in the studio, baby. We getting ready for the pre-race show. We got 2023 done, and now we looking forward to 2024. Got a lot of guys moving up. We got both Lawrence brothers. Are they going to come in and continue that dominance that they had? Or with Chase Sexton, the number one, number four on the orange KTM. Oh, my God. Wow. Come out as a defending champion. Oh, boy. And we got Eli Tomac. Did you forget about him? Because I didn't. And I'm sure he's going to show up at Anaheim and show everybody else up. Cooper Webb back on the old blue. Joe Shimoda, everybody switching teams. So we're going to preview all of it. Good to see you guys. Haven't seen y'all since the last time I seen y'all. But we back. Got my boy Cole up in here. So we're going to go down the list, go through all of it. So you know what we're going to do. So let's get into it. Before we get into it. Obviously, we missed that last show. I even came down here and everything. And remember, we tried to start recording and we tried for like 15, 20 minutes and it just, you had no voice. So, and then we even tried the next day and uh, yeah, that didn't work. So what's kind of been going on in James Stewart's world? Well, it's good to see you, Cole. I haven't seen you since last time I seen you, which was, I didn't even see you. Well, I guess we came September in like September is like the yeah, September. Second, second to last round. Yeah, so we're no, out. L.A. We L- went to L.A. together. Yeah, we went to L.A. Um, yeah, just off-season just for everybody else. Like, it's boot camp for me, um, you know, getting ready for the upcoming season, kind of watching these guys off-season. Um, but, yeah, just being a dad, it's Christmas time. So, of course, like, I'm the black Santa Claus. You know, I get jealous every time. I get jealous because I'm like, the kids are like, oh, Santa Claus. Like, you know, he's going to do this. And I'm like. Like, dude, like, I want to say he ain't real. Like, it's me. Like, every yeah, time I go out. Do you enjoy playing Santa Claus? I don't know. I'm kind of jealous of Santa Claus. It's like. It's all the credit? Yeah, because I'm like, what about me? And then they look at me like, dude, like, I mean, what you get me? Like, my son was like, yeah, well, Santa Claus got me this. What did you get me? And so. So um, one day you're going to accidentally slip up and probably ruin Santa Claus for them because you're going to be looking for that uh, no. claim to fame. Well, it's catch 22. Like I could be like, well, Santa Claus, like, I guess he was struggling. Like most people in America, in the world, like he was struggling. So he couldn't get that gift. So I could put all the blame on him or I will ruin it. But either way, my presence is light switches. Turn them on, turn them off. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. With daddy, without daddy. Darkness, light. That's my Christmas, but they don't seem to like get through them. So it's good. But yeah, I know my kids are in school. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, you could probably still hear my voice. Like I, I've been sick for like three weeks now. Um, it, it's been a lingering like cold, no COVID. At least I don't think so. Um, <laughs> here I am over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, now I've just been doing that. I won a member member Owlsworth Golf Tournament. Oh, man, that was one of the proudest moments of my life. Uh, your boy stepped up. So I was good. Better than any Supercross win? It was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was an achievement that, like, I don't know, like, to go up, like, guys like Tiger Woods have won that. And, uh, you know, all my golfers out there, you know, Owlsworth, the country club, it's the member member. So it is our Anaheim, our championship. So to take them down and the way I did it, it was cool. So. Yeah, it was like me and Chad Reed, 2009, was going back and forth, <laughs> had to get it done. So that was cool. But yeah, um, missed you guys, really. Just kind of laying low. And yeah, people have, uh, for a little bit, like once we didn't post that last show, people were definitely uh, 
starting to wonder where James Stewart went again and uh, on socials and everything. And we see, yeah, I mean, it's I thought cool. about it. I thought about it. Yeah, I thought about it. No, just it's kidding. it's cool to uh, just see that you know people do expect that expect the show from you and everything, and they are looking forward to it. So uh, yeah. yeah, glad to get back in the swing of things for sure. Yeah, no, it's been good. Um, yeah, I missed it and stuff. So hopefully, like I said, if you guys keep asking for it, here it is. And so yeah, I took a little bit of break and. Yeah, it's time to get into it. Yeah, so let's go right into her. Um, obviously, A1 right around the corner. I think, what are we? We're like 19 days away or something like that. And you say it every year, but sound, it just seems like this year has got, you know, just crazy competition, 450 class, looking stacked as ever. Um, I mean, let's talk about kind of the defending champ um, moving over to KTM. What have you seen? What are your expectations? Uh, you know, obviously going from that Honda to KTM frame difference, uh, everything different program. What, uh, what are you expecting out of chase? Yeah. So chase Sexton is um, your defending champion. And I, I think for him, it's a, obviously for a lot of guys, it's a big year coming into it. But for Chase, it's, it's pretty big because he has to validate the reason why he changed for, um, you know, to KTM. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was a motorcycle thing, more of a reasonings and changes in what his teammate Jet Lawrence and where Honda was going. Um, and then, uh, there might be other reasons why he left besides just a motorcycle. Because when I watch, I've seen some videos of Chase. And to me, he don't look like Chase. Like, he don't look like Chase. Now, I, I think the Chase is talented enough that he can ride anything. Like, he can ride the Honda. Um, the last race, you know, in L.A., which we didn't talk about it. But he had Jet Lawrence on the ropes until... Like he started making mistakes and then that allowed Jet Lawrence to capitalize and then Jet Lawrence raised his level. But for all day, Chase was the guy. And there's been races in outdoors that we talked about multiple times that Chase was the faster person. But when pressure or certain circumstances come up, you know, he struggles. So when I watched Chase in the off season to see what I see now, and we haven't even got to the the race, usually everybody, when you see all the videos, they look the best they ever have during the off season. So to watch videos and he looks like he's not Chase, it, it just makes you wonder, like, he's not going to show up in Anaheim one and be better than what we're looking at right now. Like, he's not going to look better. So if he's struggling now, then that, Usually when you get to the races, everything's like worse. Usually guys are comfortable where they are and they look good. So, well, from your experience, like when you like would switch a team and switch OEMs, like, do you put extra pressure on yourself because you feel like switching the color of the bike is that ultimate key or, or do you feel like, you know, it's less pressure? Well, I, I, I think with, with Chase and, and even my situation, like each, each time you switch, it's, there's usually for a reason. Like, you know, I think in Chase's standpoint, I, I believe Honda, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if Honda was ever, like, they were going to move on from him or not because it was going to be tough. Like, they had Hunter Lawrence coming up, and then you had Jet Lawrence there. And I'm sure no matter, Jet likes Chase, whatnot, so you will obviously want his brother there. So I don't know if Chase felt like there wasn't even going to be a spot for him in Honda. And so that KTM was a move or was it his decision? He was going to leave because he felt like KTM was better and all this. So my point is 
like when I went through it, like I didn't have a ride from Kawasaki. So when I went to L&M, I couldn't stay where I was. And then when I went to Suzuki, I ain't like that no more. Like, you know, my reasons on the hay bales for that. So changing teams for me was different than I do believe where Chase. So if he made that decision, he had an offer at Honda and he decided to go to the KTM, then I think the pressure would be different than it was being like, I switched teams, but I didn't have no choice to stay anyway. Like I had to switch. It's just what, where I went, but I wouldn't know because I never rode a Suzuki or a Yamaha. So I wouldn't know what the teams were like. So I, I think with Chase, it's, it's more pressure because I do believe it's the latter. I think he switched that team. He made the choice to switch or in his mind, he was leaving anyway because of the bike issues. So that puts a lot of pressure on him. But when you watch Chase right now, he looks stiff. Like he looks very like almost looks like he looks like a guy who's riding in mud. Like, you know, there's not a lot of movement in mud unless you're Justin Barsha, like the guys don't scrub, like they real, they're real stiff. And then when you put that up against Chase on the Honda, I always felt like Chase, what he did well, it was that, like, for instance, like Houston last year, like he would go through things really quick. Like he would just go through or here, it looks like he's just making sure like he's in the mud. Like I'm just trying to make the jump, trying to make the jump. There's no like flowing with the motorcycle. And so that tells me that there's something that he's not sure of. And, and I think he's, uh, he's more, I almost feel like it looks like when he felt that that way on the Honda, like that turtle shell, like he was worried about the front end tucking. That's how he looks like he's riding right now. And I know KTM, they were switching frames and it is still new and he's going to be there for a while. But being two weeks out for the season, what I see now, it, I wouldn't be surprised if he struggles. But knowing Chase Sexton, I wouldn't be surprised if he won and I won. Like that's how talented he is. But he doesn't look like the Chase Sexton of Honda. So do you think part of that is also just the, maybe he's unsure of how the bike's going to react with, you know, still being new to it, or is that just chase in himself just riding that way? Maybe not gelling with the bike or is it the unpredictability he's worried about? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I think it's chase not knowing what's going on with the motorcycle, to be honest. Um, because these guys are talented. Like, I've, I mean, you can see like Ken Rocks in his two stroke video, like they can hop on a bike that's old and, and ride supercross tracks or ride two strokes. So Chase can ride anything. Um, and I've, I've had a chance to work with Chase, obviously. So I've seen that ride, that look on his, on his, I've seen that riding style before. I've had that riding style. That's a riding style of, uh, I don't know what it's doing. It's like when a guy changes forks and they're like, hey, be cautious. So, you got to slowly like build that up until you're like, okay, it's not going to bottom out or it's going to do this. That's what he looks like to me. So I don't think it's Chase or even the Honda uh, switching teams. Like I don't think that pressure's there until he gets Anaheim one. I think he'll deal with that, the team situation and all that change at Anaheim. Not right now. He's dealing with, there's probably uh, different frames. There's probably a lot of changes that you're making to this motorcycle that unsure of the bike. And so when you watch the guy ride, you're watching the guy that's like they maybe they're just testing and needs that, like I said, that cautious riding. But usually when the guy puts out a video, they put out the best stuff. So I would assume that Chase, knowing Chase, knowing that how Jet Lawrence has been, Jet Lawrence has been winning everything, Eli Tomac's coming back, he wouldn't want to send the message of playing the rope a dope. Right. Like I don't look that good and I'm gonna show up at Anaheim. He I 
I don't see that. I see him putting out his best foot forward. And he's he's been pretty vocal in some interviews that I've heard just about why like people would ask, why did you leave Honda? And he just basically said it sounded like he wasn't able to make the changes he wanted to, and that's why KTM was so inviting. Um, they, you know, just have a group of people that are willing to do whatever it takes is his big key word. Um, but then like another question would be walking into a one, obviously he's going to go through the championship ring ceremony. He's got the number one plate, red plate from your experience. How much pressure does that add? Now he's on a new OEM and all that, like it is, is it almost overstimulating to have all those things going on and, and new? No, I don't think if I don't think Chase believes he's number one. I don't. I, I mean, and I, and this ain't a negative, so don't even take this negative. But I just think, like, the way everything happened, how it unfolded Supercross season. He is the champion. I've been that since day one. No matter who's there, he won it. His title. But there's a feeling of, like, am I the best guy? And then, like, he just went through outdoors, and he couldn't beat the guy. You know, he couldn't beat the guy that's coming in. Jet Lawrence looks like Jet Lawrence to me. Like, I mean... We'll talk about him in a second. And then you got Hunter Lawrence. Then you got Eli Tomac coming back. You got Cooper Webb. And then you got my brother. There's a lot of talent out there. Um, so when Chase gets that ring, it's going to be emotional for him. And it's it's something that, like, there's slim few people in the world that's going to be able to as achieve what he's doing. But I don't think he's st- I don't think he sits in that that interview and he sits on that thing with that big red number one plate that like when we saw Eli Tomac show up last year and we saw his videos that he felt like I'm the guy and like they got to run through me because he from the videos he don't look like he did last year or this year in 2023 and they were able to beat him then and Eli was Achilles tendon from winning that title last year and then he couldn't beat Jet Lawrence at all this year um, you know, for the, the championship outdoors and all that. So when he steps up, I don't think they look at him like that. And I don't think Chase feels that way. And for instance, like, I'm sure he'd probably tell you that, like, he's, he's probably so motivated training wise, he'll probably be super in shape. He's probably training as much as riding as much as he can, but he's doing that to validate all the naysayers of what happened last year. It was the motorcycle. Why well, couldn't beat Jet? It was, no, I was the champion. Like, Eli, I was going to win. I was the best guy. So motivation-wise, I feel like he's there. But I don't think the other guys look at him as he's the champion. And I don't think he believes yet. And that's why he's motivated and trying to validate that. So I don't think that pressure of everybody's looking at me, I'm the top of the sphere, is on Chase Sexton right now. I think that's more... I think it's going to be an interesting year on how all these guys show up at Anaheim one, because I think all of them have different reasons why they feel like they should be the guy and why other people don't look at him the guy, but why they consider to be the guy. So Eli has this thing, Jet has this thing, Hunter has this thing, Chase has this thing, and they all are different. That's why I think this, this year is going to be pretty legit. What about, so you mentioned Eli multiple times, obviously coming back from that Achilles uh, has stated he simply came back because he didn't want to go out that way. What are your thoughts on him? Have you seen anything that, uh, any offseason videos, um, anything? What's your opinion on him coming in? So, yeah, with Eli, I, I think, as you said, Cole, like he, you know, he didn't want to go out that way. I was, I was surprised a little bit that he came back, you know, just for instance, like he wasn't even, it was a contemplate not racing last year. And so, 
yeah, getting hurt, you know, definitely, um, you know, makes you motivated, but it's not like he got hurt at the second race. You know, I mean, that title was his, he was able to fight through it and it's gotta be hard because you gotta know Jet Lawrence and Hunter Lawrence is only going to get harder. Chase Sexton in theory should be better. Um, and there's more guys. So if he struggled a little bit last year, and I don't know how much different the Yamaha is this year. I'm sure it'll be better. He made it all the way until the next, the last race or, you know, two races. So he was able to get through that season. And I don't even know if he was going to race outdoors. Who knows what was going on. So I think he did come out and say right before he got injured that he just made the decision because it was an option. Yeah. So everything's been an option the last couple of years. He wasn't sure. So to come back and like I said, it wasn't like he wasn't able to defend that title. Um, he was there until the end. So it, I, I, his motivation, obviously he likes riding the bike must feel pretty good, but it seems like he already made that decision a while ago that he was coming back. So I, I think with Eli, why he's going to be okay. I, I think Eli would be Eli, or I think Eli is going to be kind of what we have with the Cooper Webb effect. I, I, I think he's going to be just like he was the guy that's going to be beat that's can win has that speed week in and week out, or I think he's going to be a fifth place guy. Like, I, I don't think he's going to be second or third. I don't think that um, because Eli's a champion. And the reason I say that is because for him coming back, he must feel like he has something, but I think where he is in life, kids and the fact is like, he's playing house money and I don't think he wants to get hurt. So what's that motivation of if you were going to do that and you are worried about family and all this stuff a couple of years ago. Now you're coming back. Are you really going to go out there and try to lay everything out to prove to this younger group that I'm still Eli Tomac and I'm willing to go down like I did at A3 or A2, that triple crown? Like, are you going to ride like that? Or are you going to ride like the guy who was at Indy when Chase Sexton went down and he just rode around and got like eighth place? Like what he did a couple of times this year, which Eli? Well, if the Eli that's going to ride around in eighth place ain't going to win a championship because I don't think he's not dealing with just Chase Sexton. He's dealing with other guys. We didn't even talk about German chocolate. I got some for you as well. So, but okay. So to your point though, why, why risk doing another year? If you're in Eli's position, if you're not going to go for it, you know, like that, that's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. Like he like, yeah, he doesn't want to get hurt again, but he's also going through all this prep because he wants to come back out and finish on top. Well, I'm not, I'm just speculating. I'm speculating all I can go from with the past. I don't know if Eli feels that way. Maybe he was willing to go out and go down, like get knocked out. Who knows? Bam. Yeah, exactly. I think he's going to have to take that chance to go bam, bam, to get like to win. Cause I, I do believe the talent, even though we're watching Chase Sexton, I do believe Chase will figure it out. K Tim will figure it out or they won't, or Jet Lawrence will be Jet Lawrence. Um, and the levels are raising. So, I do believe the pace would be faster or just as I wouldn't say faster because I don't think they go faster. I think there's just more faster guys. Um, well, anyways, I, I think the level will be like it was last year and has, has it been last 10 years? So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he feels that way. It just seems like it, after the last couple of years, that's the way he's leaning. So it does, it is weird that he would want to come back, but again, I, I think that, I mean, he's Eli Tomac, dude. I just think he's comfortable in life. You know, I think it's fun to yeah. race. I think he's okay with whatever happens. 
And if you're okay with whatever happens, there's two sides to it. You can be okay with like, if I get hurt, I get hurt, dude, whatever. Or I'm okay with like, I tried my best. I got fifth. I mean, Eli notoriously through his career, I feel like besides that big one, when he was on Honda Thunder Valley was at 13. And then last year, I mean, he hasn't, he's been pretty consistent on the bike. Like he doesn't get injured much. So I feel like in my opinion, if I'm Eli, I want to go for it and prove like, okay, this young kid jets coming up, moved up, watch them all summer dominate. I don't really want, um, you know, my last season to be kids change all that dude. Telling you. Okay. Like kids change that. We saw Eli Tomac last year, get like fifth and ride around and get fifth place. No reason, no rhymes. But like, still, that put him ahead in the champ. You know, like that consistency. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Yeah, exactly. But I think he was also dictated off of what other guys were doing too. You know, like I we saw what he looked like before somebody went down and it after. We saw him like go down, but we also saw Eli step up and like go race and beat guys. So what I'm saying is that I don't think you'll have the luxury to do that this year because. Okay. Not saying that Chase wasn't that guy, but I, I go back to last year at Houston. Houston was a big moment, like for Chase Sexton, how fast he was and how great he looked, and he smoked Eli, and then they get beat. That was a big moment because it allowed Eli to know, no matter how fast the guy is, like he could win. And then Chase had those issues out front, gone. Eli give it, gave up, and then hit the ground. That also gives you something in the background. I don't know if things will be like that this year. You know, I don't know if Jet or race that way. I don't know Ken Rock. I don't know if things will, the outcome. So I don't think you'll have the luxury to, to do that. And I do believe he's going to have to, to even just win. I think he's going to have to race. He's going to put Jet in a spot where Jet's going to raise his level. Chase is going to raise his level, which means Eli's going to have to raise his level. Cause I don't look at anybody in that field that I'm like, that guy's way better than the other guy. I don't see that. We saw Eli at Anaheim 1. Eli looked way better than everybody else, like way better. And when he was on, he looked way better than everybody else, where I think if they're all on, it's going to be a hell of a race. You know, so to to do that, I mean, again, you're going to have to take those chances. So I don't think Eli is worried about getting hurt. I don't think it's that. I don't think he's coming into the season like thinking about like, oh, I don't want to get hurt. And that's why I'm not going to ride. I'm just saying that I think for him to win races, he's going to have to put it like he's going to have to go out there and take chances just like everybody else. And so is he willing to do that? Well, I mean, he's showing up on the gate, so I'm assuming he is. But, you know, who knows? You're going to have to overcome a bike. Maybe if if the Yamaha was like it was last year, which I'm sure they made improvements does he still take those chances and he like doesn't get a ninth place? Like he knows he has to get up because he can't lose that many points. Does he take that chance? Well, last year we saw not because he was like, well, I don't think chase maybe would be there every weekend and I don't feel comfortable and I don't want to hit the ground. Well, let's say this year that he got a guy that like could win. He's a few points down. That means he has to take that chance. Is he willing to do that? Well, I don't think he was necessarily last year. So what's, why would he this year? No, I, I, I agree completely. Yeah. Last year he maybe could count on Chase having a mistake or two. And then after watching the summer, he probably looks at Jet like, all right, I kind of got to be, yeah, you know, on my game in order to uh, beat that kid. So, yeah. And I don't think when um, nobody saw Jet going undefeated, you know, I mean, they all, we all knew that like he was going to be good, but maybe not this quick, you know, 
So when he made that commitment, who knows if he made that commitment before he saw what was out there. And so you're all in now. Like I said, it's the fight. You got to get knocked out. You got to go find out you got to get knocked out. But now you're like, damn, that dude big, dude. He kind of big. Like, well, I'm here now. So, um, but I think Eli Tomac, he's the second all-time winning this guy. He's a champion. Dude's going to be a Hall of Fame. Dude still has beast mode. Um, I, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. His attitude makes him good because he's 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 in a good spot in life. And so um, that's going to give him his biggest opportunity to win is his mentality now. Okay, so then moving to the young gun coming in, Jet. I was who saw him at SMX, uh, came out, won it, um, and he even believe had an interview uh, preseason already that he's come out and said he's going from a grass record. He's already thinking about those 72 wins. Um, where do you see him with all of his confidence and success uh, coming into the season? Out of all the guys that's racing, Jet has the least amount of pressure on all of them. Like he has the least amount because reality, he's a rookie coming in. I know he ain't a rookie. Don't ride like one. And nobody else in that class racing him is going to see him a rookie. But if Jet Lawrence comes out and he wins a bunch of races and he crashes, like he's a rookie, right? Like, ah, well, I mean, it's his first year. He comes out and he just runs through the field. Well, I mean, he just showed that he can do that. So I think Jet has the opportunity to go out there and run off and win all these races or go out there and win some races and crash. And I think people would understand either way, you know? So when I look at him, I don't think he has as much to prove as Eli because he's so young. It's his first year. He doesn't have as much to prove as Chase Sexton. Like he didn't change teams. He didn't make that decision. Um, You know, I think him and Ken Roxon are on the same level as far as there's the there's obviously pressure. People are expecting Jet to win. He expects to win, obviously. Um, but if he doesn't, like, I think there's built-in reasons just through history for him. Same thing with Ken Roxon. Um, and so I actually think he would come in probably more relaxed and pr- probably the best case scenario, just mentality-wise, than all those other guys because they got a lot of pressure coming in because they have to prove something where I don't think Jet – has to at this moment and that's a big difference well we saw him at paris um you mentioned you watched that what did you see from there he uh didn't have obviously a full field of competition but still his brother cooper ken um and he came out on top as the king of paris so he looked good to me yeah jet Jet lawrence he's i mean the kid's a warrior dude he's nasty like he nasty in a good way the kid likes to he wants to win and he's willing to do the stuff that he wants to win. I mean, he took his brother's ass out. You know, the brother love take off. I got dang. Like he did, like what Malcolm did to me. You know, Bam! he did that. But I, he knew there was no excuse. He can't be like, oh, yang, yang. I ain't see you. Problem only is get out on the team. Like I'm yelling at you. Now nah, he knew that was Hunter and I'm coming in. So yeah, it wasn't a bar should take out, but it was take out, you know, whatever. And I also saw how Jet raced like I look at the in-between. So I saw what Jet did to catch his brother those last couple laps. No chances. Dude was rolling. So that, to me, says he wants to win. Why not give brother a win, dude? He's a rookie. You Jet Lawrence, man. You what? Nah, hell nah, man. He ain't trying to let anybody get anything. So, um, yeah, he looked good. But he looked like he did that I saw in um, the outdoors and Supercross. Like, I see a guy that's really good. 
also see a guy that like, just like anybody else, gay can be beat. You know, I, I think maybe his, he could be beat. Maybe it's a lot harder than anybody else that could be beat. But, you know, it's not like you watch him and you're like, dude, ain't, these guys ain't got no chance. Like they got a chance. Um, I just think, again, if I'm lining them up where we are right now, he has the best opportunity because he's on that same team. He is coming off of winning everything. And he has the least amount of change in his program. He ain't worried about nothing popping in his program. He's been racing in his program where, you know, Eli hasn't raced for a while. Malcolm hasn't raced for a while. You know, Chase switching teams. They got to gel. Jen ain't got nothing. He's got his brothers, his teammate, you know. So he won last Supercross. He won everything. So there's well, no change to him. Would you say that having as successful of a summer as he did kind of uh, adds that pressure? Like now he's expecting himself? No, because I think Jet Lawrence always expected to win. Like, I don't think that changes. I don't, I don't, I don't think any of that changes, you know? And again, I expect him to win. Eli expects him to win. Eli expects to win himself, but he's also a rookie. So as much as we expect it, he is still a rookie and he will have a moment. Like he will have some, some down races. His down race might be a third place. Who knows? Um, so, I mean, he got beaten pairs, like he didn't win everything there. So, and he didn't even do anything wrong. So I, I think when you watch him, I don't see a, a, again, where I'm like, he's that much better than everybody else, even though sometimes he rises and he's that much better than everybody else that there's no chinks or like, he's not going to have any moments. They all will. So I think he has the luxury of having that because history says all rookies have it. I mean, he can win the championship and still have those rookie mistakes. So um, I don't think that pressure's on him where all, this summer what he did is going to make him that's like, dude, he has to win. I had that pressure in, in 2009 when I showed up. Like, yeah, I switched teams, but I just went undefeated, and I showed up still thinking like, well, that, that bike that I'm riding on won the championship the previous year with Chad Reed on it, so it's obviously a good motorcycle. And I beat Chad at the U.S. Open, even though he looked good. And I already knew that I was going to have some issues. But even though I struggled that first race, my mentality was like, I still have to come out here and show Chad Reed that I'm better. Even though I'm on his old bike, I'm better. Damn, that dude looked pretty good. Like, he looked better than I ever seen him. And I was nervous. I was nervous. But I had to make a pass back. And then we obviously, we obviously knew what happened. Jet don't got that pressure. Like, he don't have that pressure. He don't have to go out there and beat Eli. Like if Eli just runs away from the first race, you know, like Jet might come back and win the second one. Jet himself ain't going to like it, but he still has that luxury of a rookie. And again, all circumstances, he has the least amount of change. And they probably had the most easiest preparation coming into the season, the most prep out of all of them, less amount of changes. And he's won everything. You would say history would be like, that's the guy. But if he goes down, it's his first Supercross race. What what do you expect? I think it was probably during the summer uh, last this last year that uh, you mentioned on one of the rewinds um, that everyone kind of fears Jet in a way, or maybe, I don't know if that's the exact word you used, but they obviously look at him like you mentioned that he's going to win. They expect him to win. That 
plays to his advantage, obviously, like kind of even before the gate even drops, like they're all looking at, you know, that, that Honda 18 as he's the dude. How much does that also help him? Um, Maybe as yeah, a I don't know. If the, I, I yeah, I don't know if they all look at him that way though. Okay, like I, I do think that he hasn't raced Eli, and I believe Eli still feels like he's better. I mean, he sees what I see. You know, like he sees. It's not like you watch somebody that beats everybody by a minute. You know, like that gaff is just way better. We saw races that Chase was better. We saw. I mean, even in um, Paris, like Ken has some pretty good rot. Like yeah. he was pretty good at the last. Um, Supercross, like Ken was pretty good. Yeah. Chase was out front, so we've seen moments already where Jet can be like we can run with him. You know, you don't see the. Um, even though we watched Jet in practice, and it looked like we were like, "Damn, he's like playing with him." Like we kind of got through that point where we saw like our duty was trying, and we saw what happened at um at the first playoff. You know, when he was like eighth, and then he came back and he got second behind Chase. Like, he didn't look right. He didn't look right at L.A. in practice. He was struggling. Jet Lawrence is bad. He's bad. So that allows him to figure it out and come in. But we saw him have some issues. So I don't think Eli looks at him as, like, like he is the guy that's supposed to win. He is going to be probably my biggest competition. But just like Chase Sexton and Eli, I do think that everybody has something to, like, prove in a sense of who's going to step up and take that throne. I do say this, though. If they allow him to go out and win the first five races, then he's probably going to win for the next 10 years. Like, that's fact. So, Eli, uh, Chase, all those guys, they know that. They saw what happened when the dude exists in a role. You allow a guy like Jet Lawrence to feel like, you know what, I might not win everything, but when I'm on, I'm better than you. I know that, and you know that. The dude's a, he's, he's a beast. And he would eat you alive. And so I think those guys got that pressure to make sure Jet doesn't show up at the first race and feel like he is the guy to be. And all those guys know that. And I'm better. The road to winning the Supercross goes to 18. Like, if he feels that way and we get through five races and he is that guy, then I don't think they'll beat him again. Like, yeah, they'll win races. But I think 72 comes into a real shot then. Um, and so... They know what they got to do. And I also think what, you know, just little issues like what happened in um, Paris, another somewhat incident where we saw at the playoffs, like the Ken Roxon thing. You know, I, I think there's a little animosity of the other guys against Jet. So I do feel like there might be a little bit of like colonies of like guys that like they might work more together on making sure this guy doesn't stop because everybody knows in that field you know, like the younger guys, Chase Sexton, you let the dude run around and beat you right now, dude. Like, I'll never beat him again. Like, that's fact. So the only time you would beat him is when he has his issues. and That's not a good time. That's not a good way to go racing. It sucks. It sucks. That's why I quit. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good to see. Well, then moving over, talked a lot about Jet. Um, moving over to his brother, moving up to 450. Um, first 450 race was Paris as well. Uh, what are you expecting out of Hunter? Oh, Hunter Lawrence, the older, younger brother in Supercross. Like he is the guy that's the younger brother is uh, the guy, and he's coming in, but he is the older brother. Uh, I think Hunter, Hunter kind of comes in as Colt Nichols last year. 
Like, you expect a lot. Like, I expect Hunter to win a race this year. And I do feel like he is top three in talent out there. Dude's got style. Dude's going to ride a 450 well. Um, but I think he doesn't have the flash like his brother. And I don't think he has a burst of speed. And that's why I kind of go back to that Colt Nichols. Like, he's, like, I don't know, like. Things need to fall into place for him to do well. Well, I wouldn't say officially that. I would say that he's not just going to run away from you guys. Like he's his ceiling of of him getting fifth and winning is still like right here. Like where sometimes when Jet's on, he's like here, and then like there the level other levels like down here. Mm-hmm. There's that that roof that ceiling is way better than everybody else. I think Hunter has that, and so but. What Hunter does, guy, he can just be out there and a little bit as Cooper Webb is like he can win races and he can win races and he can do it in the so that he's going to be like solid. Colt, he didn't get the podium last year, but I don't know why I'm trying to I throw in Colt, but there's something, right. a correlation. Yeah, he was at Honda, but there's a correlation of like what I'm saying. There's like Colt was good when he won that title, but when I watched Colt, it wasn't like when I seen Kristen Craig like when Christian won that title, like you'd be like, damn, dude, that dude's fast. Like you see it. Colt was like, dude's like solid. Like he, a little bit of Ryan Dungey. Like he's, damn, he was winning all these races. But like, where is it coming from? Like you don't see that separation. Cooper Webb, like it's a lot. So Hunter could be Jet's biggest challenge through the year. And kind of like with Eli and his mindset, I think Hunter has been in the, the, the valleys, the low. So perspective on life, I think helps him come in here and, Take it day by day, race by race. And that's why I go like he's going to be solid because I think is he wants to win. He's a, he's a beast like his brother, but he also knows like he's okay with just chipping at it, you know, and just getting better each week, each week, each week, and not having the up and downs. And so he's, I feel like he'll be there. And then obviously he has the, the, the talent to win. Clearly, he looked good in Paris. Clearly. But just like in Paris, he wins a race and then he's like 20 seconds back and won. You know, like it, it's, but he, he probably wrote the same. So I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be good. I think kind of like his brother, he has a little bit of room to work with. I think um, all the pressure in reality is on Jet, their teammates. I do feel like even though Jet is the guy for Hunter, it probably feels good that your brother is the guy. So you don't have that unknown. Like he knows everything about Jet. So he's not going to be afraid of him. Maybe like, you know, other guys, they don't know him, you know, so that fear unknown, he doesn't have to worry about that. So I don't think he's going to look at Jet as how Eli or Cooper or Chase would look at him like he's scared. I think he would look at Jet like, damn, he's good. I know how to see it every weekend, but the, the fear part of it, he's not going to have that. So, um, I think that's going to help him because he does have the talent to win and he knows his biggest competition. Uh, I think Hunter's going to be fine. How much help do you think those two, uh, how much will those two help each other? Like say Jet goes right out and starts dominating right away. Does he start helping Hunter bike setup wise or, or where do you see that relationship? No, I don't think, if Jet goes out, wins, and dominates, I don't think that's going to change much for Hunter. Um, I, I don't think they're going to help each other on bike setup. They they ride different. They actually do ride different. Like they, um, way Hunter moves around on the bike, where Jet does. Like even though they look the same, they ride a lot different. 
Um, and yeah, I don't think that because they are brothers that he's going to have some, if they wasn't brothers and they were on the same team, I don't think it's going to be like, well, because he's my brother, now he's going to help me with my setup. That's going to have to win. I think they're going to help each other just like any other teammate. Like, Hey, this is better. This is better. And even with Chase Sexton, like from what I know, Chase chose not to go with the other stuff that, um, Jet had Jet rode Chase's stuff. He had that opportunity. He wanted to try, but I think Chase, chose not to. So even in the past, like guys that's going to his championship, it's not that it's not like um, Hunter or jet's going to get something Hunter can't get, you know, they're going to have the same equipment. So I think what's going to help Hunter is just, he's going to know the pace, but I think it's just the way he's looking at jet is going to be a big benefactor for him because he's his brother in the way you just line up. You're going to have comfortable, like being comfortable, even though the dude like knocked you down, he don't have to feel like it's a Barsha knocking you down. Like he ain't got to look around like that. And I, I think Jet, he, he'll, he races his brother different. He does do that. They might get close. They might hit each other. But I think Jet was actually worried about Hunter once he went down. And I think there's, a, there's almost that brotherly love when they race. Like if the best guy in your field is probably looking out for you the most and he wants you to do just as good, there's something to say about that. And so I, I think he's going to be fine. Okay. So the other guy that uh, did well in Paris this offseason, Roxon. Uh, second year, he's back with HEP Suzuki um, coming into the season. I think he really impressed quite a few people last year, took people uh, by surprise for, you know, stepping out and doing something different on his own. Um, where, where does Ken Roxon end up this year? How does he do? Ken's going to be a dark horse. I think Ken's going to be good this year. Ken Roxon, um, he's on the second team, um, second year of his team. I think for him, I remember being in this room like a little, over a year ago and we would sit down and we had the, the big reveal of his situation, a free agent, and talking to him and listening to him. And where Ken is now, the way he rides, it's night and day different. So in Ken, when you look at what he accomplished last year, I know he didn't. He won a race and stuff, and then he was the only guy really to, I guess, so I would say, be like, no, nah, dude, like, like, why didn't you beat him? Like, you know, like he was there with Jet a couple times. I think Ken won the title last year. Like overall, the how everything went, how his year, Ken Roxon is your defending Supergirls title because it all worked out for him compared to where he was and what people were looking at him. We had the Roxon flu at one time. It's always sick. We thought it was excuses. You know, all these stuff we washed up. And then where he is now, Ken Roxon has like won. And so the way he looks during the, um, at, even at pairs, he did in the World Supercross Championship, uh, Ken will win a race this year. And I, I do believe like, like Ken's a dark horse to me. Like I think Ken was probably going to have his best, um, like, I think he's going to have his best finish if he stays healthy overall in a championship. I think he will be a title threat in this title. Like, it might not be like the old school Ken Roxon where you're like, dude, he just won a bunch of races like that. I think Ken's going to be solid this year. And I'm looking forward to it. And you got Larry Brooks, sell a pop, catch up popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Like, we know how that is. You know, dude, like, he, he knocked down his mama, the family. To help Ken, so that's a benefit, and I think Ken's gonna be in a good spot. So, um, what I see, the German chocolate, I think it's gonna be in full effect this year. 
Yeah, I don't know if this is a direct correlation, but like really just following him, even from SMX to this offseason to now, like it just looks like Ken's having fun. Like, you know, he did that super mini video with Carson Brown. He's jumping back on doing that stuff. He did uh, World Supercross. Um, he did well in there. And yep. he just seems like, you yep. know, he's, he's enjoying racing again. And now he probably has a confidence like, okay, I know, you know I came into last year wondering if this program would even work yep. outdated bike. And here we are. Um, yeah. I mean, I would love just for the storyline to see Ken do well. And I think it could be a really cool year for him. Yeah. All those reasons you just mentioned, like that's Ken Ross. And that's why I say like, he's good. Oh, by the way, Dude has like more talent in his pinky finger than probably 90% of those guys out there. And they some talented dudes. Like they're talented. Ken Rocks and having fun doing his thing. Like in the past, it was like he wasn't having fun or he was having too much fun and he was like losing and then it didn't look right. It's like you like, man, why don't you care as much? But then he know he cares. Look how ripped he is. Ken's daddy. Daddy he wants to show a little Johnny, you know, like daddy's back. But I think the fact is the main thing is Ken's having fun, all the choices. And the fact is like, he's going in this season, seems like more healthy, probably figured out more of his, his physical and, and all that stuff that he was unsure about last year going into the season. And I still think people look at him as a feel good story. So he's in that spot where people will be excited for him to win. They cheer for him to win. I mean, he's gotten baby gifts that he didn't want, you know, from guys. So I don't think they're going to look at him. They might sleep on Ken for a little bit. Like, I don't know if they'll race him as if he was racing another top guy that you feel like, I can't let this dude beat me. So Ken's going to slide in and probably have some success. And he looks good. And Ken's got talent. It's not shocking that when the track gets really technical, or slippery and you got to be precise and it ain't all about speed. You got to like learn how to ride that track. The Indy race or the 181, one of the most difficult tracks all year. The even the um, last LA slippery, got to be throttle. Ain't shocking that Ken Roxon's like up there. Like that's him. So the dude has talent. So if the dude's happy, he's in shape, he's having fun, then why wouldn't you say? I would think if it wasn't for Ken Roxon and Ken Roxon's history, you would be like, okay, the guy's trending. Like, he won a race last year. He's on the second year of this team. And he was the only guy to beat, like, or keep Jet Lawrence up in the, you know, honest out of everybody. Even Chase Sexton. I think Jet was, like, more borderline with him. You would look at Ken a whole differently. Like, you would look at him like, dude, no, he's the guy that's probably going to knock off and win the title. But because of, like, history and the way we look at Ken and all the things that's happened, I don't. I think you just look at him as like, and I'd be happy him to win. But in reality, you line all that stuff up. Ken has his odds should be just as good as Eli Tomac or Chase Sexton coming into this because he has had a good offseason. You know, he does look good. He's in shape. He's got a solid team. Why wouldn't he beat Jet Lawrence then? Like considering every time he raced Jet, he's been pretty damn good. He's been pretty good, but you don't look at him as the same as Eli Tomac and as past history, but kid might change that. So now kind of just as I'm replaying, uh, LA highlights, um, I remember being at the race and just wishing that we could see a closer battle between <clears throat> Ken and jet that last moto. Mm -hmm. Um, do you feel like maybe Ken's kryptonite is 
worrying about that crash or like not wanting to push over that edge. Like he just, he'll ride his limit, but won't go over it. It seems. No, I, I think, I think what it's a good observation. I still think that Ken's bike is not as good as the other guys. And I think that level of like when he's just right there and he can't get there, it's partly motorcycle, but I'm sure they'll get better. And that's when I say when the track gets super technical, like that track at LA was technical, but it wasn't like, you know, you can have good electronics or your bike works better. Like you can make a difference up. You can make time or if it was a mud race or something else where it's really rider line selections or like, you know, all those different things, Ken can overcome that. So I think partly it's motorcycle. And I think the other part is I don't think Ken believed that he was like, I think partly Ken was happy being there. He was happy like being that close to jet where Ken gets the mindset where he's not happy. And he feels like he sees what we see is like, damn dude, like you're like the only guy that's really made that dude like worry. Then I think, like he probably could overcome that. So partly motorcycle, partly his mindset last year. You got to remember, like he was free agent. Like he didn't know what last year was going to be. He was so happy to win the race. People were giving him baby gifts. That kind of tells you how everybody looks at Ken. And I think that again, where Ken was in his progression throughout the year, him being that close, like it's, it's somewhat a win. That's why I go back and say, and Ken, he won the championship. If Ken continues and he picks up right where he was and he's that guy that was angry, even at L.A., because I felt like he rode different at L.A. than he did at um, Chicago, where like Chicago, I'm like, damn, dude, it looked like he just like beat him. But he was he, I think he even said he was happy to be there um, until the baby gift happened and they're going to make improvements to the bike, just being comfortable. And if he picks up from that point, then I, I think um, like the. His mindset is going to be his. He's going to be even better going into this year. So he might be out there racing to win the race, you know, instead of being like, I'm just happy to be in third. Because you remember last year, he was super happy to be on the podium. Like when he started getting the podium and then when he won the race, like it was almost shocking a little bit to him, even though he knew he had talent. I don't think maybe this year would be a shocking. Like I think he would expect that if everything continues. So we know how talented he is, talented he is. The, the real key would be, ask yourself this, would Jet Lawrence roll over and let Eli Tomac win that race? Would he let Chase Sexton win? Like, I don't think so. I don't think he would do that. Babies are not. You know, he wouldn't do that. He did it to Ken. Ken's whole goal this year is to make sure he wouldn't ever do that again because he wants to be a threat. Way he looked at him like he wasn't worried about dude, like he wasn't worried about giving those points up and then showing up in LA and then Ken having a chance to like take that million dollars. Wasn't worried about that. Well, Ken wants to change that narrative a little bit, and I think this off season the way he's going in, I think people are still not going to look at him like that guy, but he can be, and so I think Ken's in a good spot going into this year. All right, so then. Looking at another big change uh, this offseason, we saw a highlight of it both at Paris and L.A., um, is Cooper. So Cooper obviously switched from KTM to Star Yamaha, and uh, L.A. was you know, kind of underwhelming. Um, didn't look too comfortable, but he was still super fresh then. Um, everyone kind of just you know figured it was just his time to test, and uh, some some word or some thoughts that I've heard from, uh, 
people that have been to the goat farm and been around star a little bit is that Cooper's still not super stoked on the bike and he can't seem to figure out a setup where, yeah. What are your thoughts on him coming in this year? Yeah. Cooper's in a, um, Cooper Webb. Um, I saw enough on in LA in their first race that I'm like, it's better. Like he looks better. I think with Cooper, it's, it's really going to be like, I think out of all the people, maybe even chase a little bit. Um, I think the first beginning part of the year is going to be huge for Cooper. Like, I think just the validation of like, if he still has it, because there's a lot of good guys coming in and not, you don't have to, you couldn't like, there was a point where you, you could beat Eli mindset, mind control over. Like we saw what happened. You get behind somebody, you make a guy fall. You know, he was able to do that to chase, just being there. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that at, to this many guys, you know, and we, he's always, he's never been the fastest of like, he's never been like just on the track looking at him. He's just better. You know, he had better lines, but he was in shape. He can out just rod somebody, just be there and wear you down. So this year, I don't know if you have that luxury. And I think if he doesn't have that luxury, then that means he's got to be better on the motorcycle faster than he was on the KTM. He's got to have something. Well, I saw a little bit of that spark where he looked different. I just think the, the worrisome part about Cooper Webb is that he is what makes him so tough in his mind and mind control over Debo is also going to be his worst nightmare. Meaning if it starts going the other way, then I think he can go back to what it was previous years. The word when I was saying he won't even be either win the title or he's going to be outside top five. I think that's where Cooper could be at. And I think it is because Cooper's a champion and if he doesn't feel like he can win, then where where is he at? Like, is he okay, is he okay with just being fourth? And like, is he okay with just riding like he did in um, Paris? Because one thing, when he was in Paris, like if you watch some of the races, like sometimes like he'll be there and like, you know, a few seconds back, he would stay there. And then sometimes he'd be 30 seconds back in the same position. That's the Cooper Webb that I'm saying, like you have to watch for so is he going to be that right there? And I think if he stays within that five seconds of those guys, then they're going to start doing what happened at like Tampa, for instance, and why Cooper was starting to be a title threat last year because him being there, even though he was never fastest and like it would wear on those guys and they had to be worried like 12 minutes in their race, Cooper Webb was still within five seconds. Ah, oh, damn. But. That's what they're going to have to be worried about. So if he's there, he's going to be there. If he's not, he's going to be getting lapped. And Cooper, you my boy. Like, this ain't even negative. Like, I'm just saying that's what Cooper Webb was. And that's how I was at a racer. Like, it was hard for me to be like, dude, I'm here to win. If I'm not here to win, I don't know. I'd be back battling the knife and be like, I don't even know. Like, I got lapped in Atlanta. Dude, I thought I was riding good shit, I was all up in the way, you know? So it's a different mindset. So I just think with Cooper, it's important to come into the season. Like it's important for him mentality wise to show for himself. Now it could be different this year. Like he could get into it and, and, you know, get five races and catch fire. But I just think history would say it's more about him having something 
And, you know, even last year, I saw Cooper a week before Anaheim. He was not in a good spot, like mentality wise. And I was telling him, dude, nah, you all right, bro. Like, you all right. So when people say, is he struggling? Is it that type of Cooper Webb? Like, I haven't seen enough of him and watch him ride to be like, no, nah, he looks fine. What I saw from when I at the, you know, at LA and all that was that I saw signs, but I'm not around Cooper to know, like, no, nah, he's going to be fine. So last year, he was not in a good spot. He showed up at Anaheim one and like, ran um, Eli down. He was there. That was huge. That set Cooper's whole championship. That wouldn't have happened. Cooper would have been back just like he was the previous year. Even though the bike was better, even though he was riding better, it would have been different. That little bit allowed him to get second at the next race, allow him to stay on and then chase Sexton and go down and win that race. That was all because of Anaheim, because it wasn't anything that was going into the season as far as like he felt like he was the guy. He was questioning everything. And then he realized he was pretty good. So, that needs to happen again. Otherwise, we had a little wet noodle incidents. And so... Yeah, I, I agree. Like, just looking at some old results, because I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to say anything that was wrong. Um, both of his title years in 19 and 21, like, Anaheim won in 19, fifth, then Glendale 10th, and then he started to win. Like, Cooper always, to me, comes across as someone who does better testing or, or whatever, you, confidence building under those race situations. And, and like yep. you said, like, it doesn't totally matter. Like he's never been a practice guy. He can't really um, maybe be one of those guys that's flying at the test track preseason, but then even in 21, like starts out nine, four, and then one, and then, you know, podiums and then just starts to go on a winning streak. So I think it's going to be, in my opinion, same thing. Like he, Maybe starts out a little bit slower and then builds. Okay, in 21, was the Houston one the one he passed rocks in the last, like, last? Yes, that was Houston, that was Houston 3. Yeah, that was yeah. 21. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Good so, memory. So, I, again, Cooper is, when you can mind control, then your mind has to be your biggest asset. And so, when you're based off of that, your mind is your biggest asset. But it's also the one thing that, like, if that's not right, you have no shot. Cause you don't have anything else. It was always with Cooper Webb was like, dude, like try to go out and qualify good in practice. If you can qualify good and be fast, it was a whole smoke show. Like he was like, damn dude, we already know how strong he is, but dude, he's already fast. That's what Cooper was. So that just shows you how much respect that he could qualify 16th and be like, nah, dude, I picked Cooper to win the race tonight. Like, I mean, you saw my prediction, like, yeah, I think Cooper gonna win tonight. Yeah, there was nothing telling me that he was way faster than everybody else, but it was a Cooper Webb experience. I had like the Holy Ghost. I had the Holy Webb. That's what happened to me. So I think Cooper's in that spot. Um, well, one thing actually interesting, I made a note of this about Star. Um, they built an A1 replica uh, test track at the goat farm. Does <laughs> does that does that do, I mean, confidence, like you, you're coming into a one for first free practice. Like, okay, I've ridden this track a hundred times. I know the rhythms. I know what I can do. Does that help in any way? No, no, that doesn't help at all. I give star credit, man. Like when I heard him say like, you know, tires and starting greats and, you know, they seem like they try everything. Uh, maybe it's for them mentality. So they, they say they put everything for, but I mean, dude, it's, it is so different. Putting hay bales on the racetrack makes a huge difference. Like I'm telling you, you could put hay bales or tough blocks on your supercross track at home and it would feel way different. Being in that stadium, the dirt's different. It's Anaheim, dude. Like it's Anaheim. There ain't nothing that replicates that. So I don't even care. Like the only thing really is that you can have like 
you know, a free practice during the week with everybody showing up out there, like maybe. But the biggest thing that helps all these guys, honestly, is the press day. Like being able to ride on press day is the biggest thing that would actually help them feel somewhat comfortable because it's a new bike, new graphics, everybody's stoked, all the stars come out. That right there tightens some britches up, just in fact. So they could build all the replica. They could build every single track out there. It ain't going to make no difference. Anaheim, still Anaheim. So then from your experience, I'd love to know how, if you're having a crappy off-season coming into A1 and you're not maybe confident on your level and then you're getting all these press questions, uh, oh, how's the bike? How do you feel? How do you mentally overcome something <laughs> of basically like kind of putting out a front like, oh, no, I feel good. How do you get past that lack of confidence? <laughs> you say to yourself, shit can't get any worse than what it is right now. So let's go racing. That's really what it is because it ain't nothing. Like there's, there's, there's nothing. I, I know like it just seems like it would, in hindsight, it would seems like if you build a replica track, it would help you uh, maybe for a lot of races, but not in on, dude. Like not in them because everybody comes in thinking that they got a shot. I mean, even the guys that don't think they got a shot, they feel like there's someone that got a shot. Whether it's a shot at top five, top 10, everybody believes at Anaheim. Not everybody believes at the Anaheim. You know, not everybody believes at the free practice. So you just can't imitate that. Like, you just cannot imitate that. Even going for the East Coast guys, it is not the same as showing up at Anaheim 1 because every, you haven't seen everybody. All the gear colors. Damn, that gear looks good. He just looks like he is. Guys look like they're in shape. Guys are, you know, spunky, like happy. You know, everybody bro down and like everybody about to get sick. Um, that stuff plays in a big pack, um, big part of the races. And so you got to have, that's why guys like Justin Barsha do good. Cause you got to have a guy that's got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And Anaheim is that fact guys go in that race more about like not trying to lose rather than trying to win. So it's Anaheim. Then you show up at the next one, then you're ready to go racing. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough spot to be in. And that race in particular is something that you could never replicate. So. I may be bouncing a little bit, but I'm going to another guy who had a big off-season move, uh, Ferrandis. I'm not sure if you saw anything on him, but to fi uh, excuse me, um, Phoenix Honda and mentioned he's always wanted to be on a Honda. Sound like he was just ready to get away from the Yamaha base. Um, where I mean, do you feel like he was inspired by Roxon a little bit, kind of going out on his own? Where where does Ferrandis end up? Yeah, I, I think. Dylan is another guy, um, from what I've seen on a little bit of, on the Honda, he actually looks pretty good. Um, I think last year was somewhat of a disappointed appointment for him. And we also seen him be fast, like when he's comfortable. So if he's comfortable, he has talent like Ken Roxon. He could be better um, than most of the guys out there. So I, I think with Dylan, I almost feel like it should be, if he's like mad at something that happened at star racing, um, Yamaha, I think that's going to benefit him. If he's, if he's got something to prove that's going to benefit him. Um, cause he has talent and I think his riding style will suit Honda the way he rides. I think. Explain that a little bit. So Dylan, you know, I was going to say he doesn't move around on a bike a lot, but he does move around, but there's guys that move around that don't change the way the bike reacts. Like he, his, he moves around, but 
it's just his riding style, the way he rides the motorcycle. Some guys move around to change the way the bike reacts. And I, I think with Dylan is the Honda, you, you got to be a somewhat centered, you know, like you, it's a, I would say it's a four more four riding motorcycle, but still centered. Like, so it's a little ahead of center, but not all the way. Like I used to ride where some bikes, you got to be on the back, like a Kawasaki. I think you can ride it on the back, like the, the weight on the front end to the back. I think that bike's really balanced where I think the Honda somewhat like neutral, kind of like when the new Yamaha came out, like it was a centered motorcycle. That's why I struggled. Cause I didn't adjust for that. I rode on the front. Didn't ride for me. Or a guy like Davey Millsaps, like he was able to like put the booty on the back, but he rode on the front. So he's able to spread the weight. Well, Dylan, even though he moves around, he's pretty centered on the bike and he's very technical. And so some guys ride that, that particular bike. That's why I think Jet Lawrence does well on the, the Honda. That's why I think his brother does well on the Honda. That's why I think even with Chase Sexton, like he did well, but then he went too far forward. You know, and then like it was some of his riding technique that made that bike don't look that right. But then you see Jet Lawrence and you'd be like, that's the same damn motorcycle. How did they look differently? Technique. I think Dylan is going to ride the Honda better than he did the Yamaha. Not saying that the Yamaha was a bad fit for him, but it obviously was something that he didn't feel comfortable on. And when they came to the newer model, he really didn't feel comfortable. And I think a part of the way Dylan, if you ride the way he rides, neutral that means you got to have trust in the front and back you got to know what that thing does and so if we saw what happened to Eli I felt like he didn't trust the front end on that bike when his hand blew off you know he didn't see that coming you know and then when those some of those dips and those those hesitations what we look at chase in this offseason that moment if that was what Dylan was feeling and all he talked about was motorcycle well I think from just visual looking I don't think he feels that way on the Honda and visually it should work better for him. The way his riding style, it looks like it works better for him. So I think with Dylan, what makes him, what he needs is motivation. And what he needs is to be of like, I am the champion and I'm still Dylan Ferrandez. Like I was the motorcycle is why I can't do it. Somewhat like a Chase Sexton, it's a motorcycle. I'm about to come in and blow all you bitches out. He needs that. And that's why I said, if the, if there was some kind of beef or whatever, um, animosity against star racing, just in his mind, it's going to help him to where I think we might see Dylan like up there in top five. And if he's had a good offseason, I think he would show up in Anaheim wanting to prove that because I think it would be big for Dylan to have some kind of speed or show something at Anaheim, not only for himself, but for everybody else. And so I, I think he is a dark horse that if if he won Anaheim, it would be surprising but not at the same time. It wouldn't be that surprising because he can. You made the point about <clears throat> Roxon being maybe the uh, technology um, hindering him a little bit. Um, obviously, Dylan is not on a full factory team, but I believe they get some factory support. But um, do you believe Honda's different than Suzuki, 100%, but uh, do you believe that the bike or maybe lack of factory will hold him back in any ways? No, no. I don't think the bike will hold him back. I don't think that um, the biggest thing on these days is, is uh, I mean, electronics, stuff that don't break. You know, Honda's not going to put him on a bike that's going to break. You know, that looks bad for them. I mean, it's the old skinny French version of Kevin Windham. It's Cole Celia out there. In fact, he actually does kind of ride like Cole Celia. Um 
I think the 450s these days are so good that like I, I got a Honda, got a 24 Honda. It's pretty good. Like it's pretty good. I wrote it. Um, ooh, ooh, yeah. It's, these looks ain't for nothing, right? Um, and from what I see, Dylan looks good. I don't think there's anything that's going to hold him back. In fact, I think that you know Honda will give him. I mean, whatever he needs. Like I, I don't think Honda's going to not give him something. Especially if Dylan's out there winning. It, it, if they don't have it, they don't have it. But I think Dylan has everything to be able to go win races right now. These 450s are so good stock that as long as the thing will hold up and suspension, as long as he's got a good suspension on his bike that makes him look, feel happy, he's straight. That ain't Honda's issue. Honda Rod show. I don't know what they got. So I think Dylan, um, you know, it's kind of like what Chad Reed, when he came over to Honda, like he was a privateer, but Chad was just as good. But to say, sometimes the factory bike ain't better. Like, sometimes that ain't better. So Dylan might be better in his spot right now. Like, he just needs to have good suspension. The motor, the bike's going to be fast enough. And, you know, I don't think that's going to make a difference. Like, we won't say Dylan didn't win because he didn't have that factory Honda something. So, like, Dylan didn't win because he lost. It seems like we've been talking about so many guys, but there's still so many on the list. Like, looking back down, I mean, let's go to Husky, your brother and Craig. Um I mean, you take it away. It's both uh, both kind of had a rough year last year, and Craig just got back on the bike, and so did your brother. So where are they coming in this year? Yeah, so I, I'll start with Malcolm. Um, Malcolm didn't have a rough year. Like, Malcolm was winning in high one. Malcolm was one of the guys that we were talking about, a sleeper, Ken Roxon, like, just ran him down in a heat race. Malcolm was going in the right direction. I think where Malcolm was going to struggle was that – pressure of being the guy not third places and being happy not like third place but like dude what happened you know like i want more i think this year with malcolm and i've told him this is that him being missing all the races is not gonna bother him some guys that can be out all year i don't know they just won't bother like i was that type of guy like you didn't know i could miss all year and show up at anaheim and it wouldn't like, yeah, there's still a racing side of things and there's a rust of racing and certain like that. But it wasn't like I was going to be fast anyway. Like Malcolm's in that spot. I don't know what I would call it, but he's in that spot to where it's not going to make no difference to him. He's going to show up. And if he rides and he's comfortable, he's going to ride like he did last year. And now he race, you know, it ain't going to be because he missed that time. So but what it's going to do is because he's missed it, it's what everybody else thinks. It's the pos. It's the he gets that luxury of Jet Lawrence a little bit. Like he's a rookie. There's okay to make some mistakes. There's okay to be building. There's okay fifth place can be cool. Top ten, cool. You know, like I think Malcolm has to go in there and prove things for himself. He wants to prove that he's fast. He wants to prove that, like mainly, really mainly, he's fast because he he'll have the luxury of race fitness, getting that built up. Check. So nobody's gonna be mad if he starts fading at the end of the race. I mean, all these guys. They, they have it. They have to get into the season. So he has that luxury. And then if he struggles and he makes mistakes, he goes down. Dude, he hasn't raced in a year. Like, what do you expect? And so he has that luxury. And so, shoot, he gets top five. Damn, he hasn't raced in a year. He has that luxury. So when you look at all the check marks of expectations, it's a lot lower, which allows a guy like Malcolm, like, 
if I believe what I know, there's a, there's a good side to that, you know? So I think with Malcolm, I wouldn't be surprised if he picked up exactly where he left last year. Well, that's what I'm, I'm about to say. I might disagree with you a little bit personally on that point. I know I'm just over here behind the computer. So, well, but, uh, devil's advocate, tell yeah, me why. Yeah. Well, I think because he came into last year and after those two races, he believed he could be a winner. Yeah. And so I believe he's coming into this year. Like I have to kind of go out to a one. He even said in some interview, like I want to go to a one and I want to go win. He might just be saying that, but I believe he feels like he got, maybe got robbed of a whole season of racing I don't want to miss out on any more time. I got to go for it. But then, yeah, that does come with the risk. I think, uh, I think it might be just weighing on him so much that, you know, he still hasn't gotten that first one and it's, it's, it's time. That's cool. I'm not even like, <laughs> good job, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had, I had some talks about him this year, so I'm glad to actually hear him say that. And I'm not going to give the inside secrets. I would just tell you this, you know, I, I think, that's the mindset I told him he need to have, basically. Like, that's the mindset he needs to have. It doesn't change what everybody else thinks of him, though. Like, it doesn't change that he hasn't raced for a year. It doesn't change that if he tells you that he wants to go in there and win and all this mindset, are you going to be mad if he gets he fades? Like, if he's out there winning and he fades, he's tired, like, because he hasn't raced in a year? Like, would you be surprised if he gets 10th? You know, he hasn't raced in a year. It looks like he struggled. Even though he just told you he wanted to win, Tiger Woods say he wants to win every damn golf tournament. But you like watch him walk around, you're like, damn, bro, like, all right. It's the mindset. And his mindset needs to be that way. Like, and that's a good thing. But reality is, it's, you know, the pressure comes from inside. All these guys want to win. But it's also the real pressure is what everybody else thinks of you. It's what your team's like, how you finish. It's when you roll in and what your team manager says, it's what your old lady says, it's what your mom and dad says. Like, that confidence or non-confidence, like my mindset, I always wanted to win. Like you didn't have to tell me that, but when I got second, like it sucked dealing with everybody else and what they thought. I think Malcolm, no matter what he says, it's still everybody else's opinion that he has not raced for a while and that's going to benefit him. He's going to have luxury, like I said, of with a Ken Roxon, of a Jet Lawrence, like he has that buffer because last year, if Malcolm would have just got fifth, it would have sucked. If Malcolm would have done the same thing he did last year, the year before, when he was like, he ended up third, it would have been a letdown because people have been expecting Malcolm to win like the third place. We already seen that. So I don't think if he shows up and he gets third within the first five races, people are going to be stoked as hell. So that mindset and that change is pressure. So, Again, you don't have the luxury of when it's like that, you don't have the luxury of, you know what, people staying on the bandwagon and like comforting you. Like there's a motivation and like, all right, dude, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Just keep trying, buddy. Just keep trying. When you when you're suspected to win, you don't want that. Like, what happened? I got third. So I mean, I mean, dude, what's up? You got everything. You've been racing. You're prepared. Like, you ain't got no excuse. Well, I think. Not that Malcolm's going to use that excuse, but it also helps that people are going to give him that leeway to get there. And that's what I think, you know, is going to benefit him. And not just him, but again, Jet Lawrence. Chase Sexton don't got that luxury. 
Jay Sexton don't, even though he has reasons why he should struggle the first race and new team and all this stuff. Jay Sexton go out and get fifth place, fifth place, fifth place. We're going to look at him a lot differently. Like he, we look at him, Malcolm go do that. You're going to look at that differently. So why? Because Chase and most people say he made that change. Like he should be better, right? He left Honda because he's KTM's better. They got more options. They got more things they're trying. They're here willing to win. So why aren't you winning? Like that's the difference. And so uh, I think, uh, again, that's not Chase. Chase believes he can win, but he also believes he can win on Honda. It's what everybody else thinks, too. And all those other people are going to be expecting everything that he says. I think people like, that's cool Malcolm said that, but I don't know if they expect that. So it's a different sense. And so I think Malcolm's going to be fine this year. Where where does he? I know we haven't asked this question yet just about anyone else. Are you putting me on the spot? <laughs> I got a lot of shit last time. Like <laughs> No, but like in order for him to have a successful season, both mentally and physically, where does, where should he kind of end up uh, a one to, you know, because you can, you can't win the whole championship, but you can definitely lose it there. Um, where does, you know, is that fifth place a happy medium for him? Well, I don't know. I just know it's a good sign to hear what he's saying. That's what we want. Like we, like you in the Mookie fever camp, you want to hear, like, I want to win. That's what you want to hear. You don't want to hear, like, I'm just here for fifth place. Even though, yeah, fifth place would be great. But I think if for if some people, like, come out and they get fifth place, it's how they got that fifth place that makes a difference. Like, one, if you were winning the race and you were fast and you ended up fifth because you got tired or you fell, that's a different fifth place than, like, you were in, like, eighth and three people crashed and then you got fifth place that way or you were just like fifth place and then some of what we were just talking about cooper webb's 40 seconds back fifth place different so all all results even though the numbers they're not all the same so for malcolm i think he would benefit being fast i think if for him like if he shows up and he's his bike works okay he's fast to the whoops competes against heat race maybe knocks jet lawrence down no, like I don't know. I think that would benefit. I think Malcolm benefit leading laps, knocking a bitch down and getting twentieth. Then Malcolm would be just riding around and getting like seventh. For me, championship wise. Okay. Now I know a lot of people that don't know anything are gonna be like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. But again, like, what are we asking here? Are we asking somebody that you wanted to get top five at the end of the year? Well, then maybe yeah, that seventh place would be fine. But if you're talking about somebody that's like, it's gonna go from like championship threat. Championship threat, we obviously know, is a different mindset. You got to have a different mindset to get championship. Guys that come around like Eli Tomac, it's okay for him to get like fifth place because he already knows what he's going to do. He already knows like he like he get, builds in this. Cooper Webb, we saw him. Like, he knows how to get it done like because he's been there, done it. When you haven't been there, then there's got to be something that clicks and you don't have the luxury of saying that I know what I have. And I know when I get it, like I'm outrun these dudes and they know that because I've done this before compared to where I'm hoping, I'm hoping. So I'm going to like, like preserve points. The hell for like what? Get third? Like, oh, well, I mean, you want to win. So it's the difference. That's why usually when rookies and guys come in their first couple of years, they crash a lot. When a lot of races, they crash a lot because they're proving to themselves that they're better. And they're, they're, it's more of a mindset. Then once they like figure out and everybody else knows how fast they are and they stay up on two wheels, they'll win. 
Then they go back and they're like, all right, third's good today. Third's good because when I'm up, I'm going to be here every single weekend winning these races. Otherwise, you out there trying to prove point. You out there trying to go as fast as you can to let everybody else know. Once I figure it out, I'm shooting all you. That's what you got. When I get my money, I'm going to buy bullets and I'm killing all y'all. That's what you be trying to prove. So, Well, we got plenty of reports saying that he's flying a test track. But what about uh, his teammate where you see Craig? Now, Chris and Craig, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he looked good. I mean, he looks good. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I think with Christian, like, it, it's more bike, how he feels on the bike. Because he's always looked good, even though I, I don't think he looks good. Like, last year, he was fast, but I didn't think he looked good at all. You know, and this year, I haven't seen much video of him to, like, know the difference. Um, but I think with him, it's kind of a little bit of, like, Dylan Frandish. Like, if the bike is better and he's comfortable with the bike he has enough talent to to can compete maybe not to win races but to be more like what we thought christian crib i think christian is in the colt 45 situation i think they're in the same bikes working he's got talent like i expected a third place but he's got to be in the right spot and mentality is a big thing with certain guys like especially when you're in that you know fifth to tenth those results, you know, is a mentality kind of thing, like, you know, where you belong at, because I don't think Kristen feels like he's going to win, you know? So what does he feel like? Because he knows what it feels like to win a champion. So what he's got to racing for. And so his best might be a third place. That might be absolute best for him. You know, I, I don't know. So I think Kristen Craig, he's got good things rolling for him. Dude's got talent. I think it's all bike set up really. Um, if he feels comfortable on the bike, then I think we'll be talking about Kristen having some good um, finishes this year. Other Austrian brand, uh, Gas Gas. We haven't talked about Bam Bam yet. Um, broken collarbone at LA after coming back from his broken collarbone at Nashville earlier in the year. Um, sounds like, don't know how true this is, but sounds like a lot of the Austrian teams are staying on last year's frame just because the new frame has like a different um, or bigger hole or uh, in the, in it. So it's flexi, more flexi. And the older one is obviously stiffer. So a lot of people seem to be sticking with that, especially Barsha. Uh, Where's Barsha coming into 24 for you? Um, Justin Barsha. um, Last time we saw him, he was actually the best looking Austria brand guy. I mean, I think, uh, you know, his bike looked pretty good. Um, you know, I wouldn't say there was any setup issues like with him. I mean, obviously every every rider and every team, they can always improve the bike, but we saw what the difference between KTM and um, you know, I would specifically say KTM because we saw we were looking at them with Cooper Webb in 2022, how he was going through the whoops and how he was struggling. And then when they got a newer setup this year, like the bike was different. But then we also saw like how stiff that bike was, you know, and how like sometimes it was rigid, it looked like the bike was up really tall. So there were some struggles with that. So I'm assuming that that's what the Austria, like that's probably what they're trying to do is soften that thing up to get that thing to actually, to get a little double D ish on the subtle stuff, but then hold up. So you don't have that issue that you were having in the, you know, in the transition. Well, thinking about it now, it, that's what it looks like when we look at Chase Sexton and we, might talk about that in a second, but 
if you're on a frame that has too much flexibility, then you get back into somewhat of what we saw with Eli Tomac. You know, when I think it's deep, that wallowy feel, and that is a very uncomfortable spot to be in on Supercross because it moves like it gets that wallowy. Then you get those, you know, how Chase fell at um, Oakland after the finish line. You get that thing, not the one that he had in um, at Tampa where the bike like skidded off or even some of the front end washes. You don't get those falls. You get the wallowy. You go in and front end tucks on you to get that, which makes a guy timid, which we saw Eli told me he was riding like a little timid. We saw the KTMs fix that. And so they're probably trying to find a happy medium. So it doesn't. Justin Barsha, like the way he was looking, I, don't, I think that was the best he's probably ever looked his whole career or at least for a while. So anything that's a slight change and it, maybe it's not as good. He just goes back because he was better. Like, like he looked good last year. So um, I don't know about him staying on last year's frame is a sign of like them struggling more than that. Like, it's hard to, if that was the best I ever looked, I like that setup, then I probably won't go. I, I probably don't need a change because if I ride like that, then I don't think, I don't know how much better I would be than I was last year or this year. So I don't think that frame is going to make that big of a difference. So um, I think Justin's going to be Justin, honestly. If he's healthy, I think Barsha is going to be out going for front ends, you know, always threat for a win. Same time, threat for a front end, too. I think that's going to be Justin Barsha. So, you know, one guy we haven't spoken about is Adam Cincerella and Jason Anderson. Well, before you go there, we got one more on Gas Gas we have even. I don't know how much you know about. We got Jorge Prado. Coming oh, over. yeah. I was, I was excited to talk yeah, about I, him. I almost forgot. So, yeah, oh, he's, hey. he's coming over for the first three, at least, because he sees a future racing here. Um, and it sounded like... It was all up in the air until he did a little bit of testing and ended up liking uh, Supercross more than he expected. And so that's why I decided to do three. Uh, where does the defending GP champ stack up? Well, uh, Jorge Prada, that's like Jesus and Jesus. Which one is it? You're going to keep Jay Silent and Jesus? I don't know. For Jorge, the European version of Michael Lessi, great starter. Sometimes I'm just getting like... What up, Mike? Um, Dude, he actually looked good on Supercross. Now, I think a little bit, like when we watch Tom Vial, I don't know, some guys, they just, some European guys, they they can ride Supercross, and he's one of them. He's one of them. You can watch him when he rides GP and tell him he has a technique about him. Or you see some guys that, like, you're, like, defending champion MotoGP, and you, like, put him on Supercross, they're like, what the hell is that? I don't see that. Dude, scrub. He's scrubbing, looking good. And I mean, if we're, if you just took out his name and you watched him ride and you put like a number four, number one on there, you'd be like, damn, dude looks good. He moves around more on that motorcycle than Chase Sexton does. Like he looks better on that bike than he does, than Chase Sexton does. And Chase Sexton is one of the guys that we said he should win the title just because he's comfortable. So Jorge, I think what he did, he came here and he realized he could actually go through whoops fine and that he was having fun because technique, uh, technical wise, he's pretty good. Now I will say this, the GP guys, the, the gap of has closed. And I mentioned this years ago, like, you know, last year when we were talking about the motocross, that gap is closed. Those guys are a lot more closer and sometimes even better than like we are, you know, where before it was like you had a couple, but then it was like, no, 
they're getting really good. They're also getting like technical. And I think a part of that is they're building these GP tracks with more jumps on it. Like there's a lot more like high hybrid kind of tracks inside stadiums and stuff. So these guys are learning how to ride supercross. And then they also, you see more GP guys, whether they race or not, they do these off season races more. They come over and they'll ride off season. Like they'll come to America and then they might mess around over here. Um, on the supercross track while we were over here testing where before they just stayed there. So they do ride more supercross. So Jorge, like he, he can ride supercross. Tom Vial can ride supercross. Tom Vial looks like a different rider this year. So I like what I see with him. Now, the one thing I I think is pretty bold. He shows up with number one plate out there. That's so sexy. That's so sexy. So I think he'll be fine now racing supercross. What we saw with Tom Vial is a lot different than racing like motocross and GPs. He might not, he might not finish well because of like just that atmosphere being closed down and the stadiums, and he won't know that Anaheim pressure like everybody else. But it's going to be a lot of pressure. It's just a different type of race, and I don't know if he's ever had that kind of racing in his life. So he might struggle just because of that atmosphere, rather than he ain't good enough to like come here and, and compete. Because I see a guy. That if you give him time, like he looks like he's a guy that, damn, it looks like he ride, right? So I'm excited to see what he does. Like I, I really am. And I think he, he doesn't have a lot of pressure on him. I think he could shock a lot of people. The overall consensus online has been obviously very skilled rider, will do very well, but people are worried about the whoops. Mm. So that kind of could you be- seen Chase Sexton go through the whoops. It could be, uh, I don't know. It kind of also depends on how they they're built. Like, you know, a one, it, it could be big whoops, uh, you know, medium, but I mean, right there, he looks Bruh. pretty decent through him though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For, for I have limited experience. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm judging him off of a guy that's never raced supercross in his life too. I'm judging him off of like, he's going to 450 class. Like out here, like he's 450. Right. Yep. I'll make sure I selling it. Yeah. I mean, he's never raced the 450 class. He never raced the Supercross uh, like championship. He's going against everyone. It is like we don't need to go overseas. The world comes to us. Right. These <laughs> toll freeze. There it is again. Christmas um, time. That ain't it. You didn't hear nothing. But I think the guy looks good. Right. Pretty number one plate looks good. His style looks good. He don't look like a European when I watch him ride. I don't even know what that means when I say a European, but you know what I mean. When he goes to the whoop section, you tell me, like, I can name 10 people that we think might win a race that he actually went through the whoops just as good as them. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. He's struggling through the whoops. They all struggling through the whoops. He don't look like that. He ain't Marvin Musker he ain't jumping them. He ain't going around them. So what do you want for him to do? Now, he could be on the fact that the video that we saw might be his best. He might be the best ever. That was, might be his best ever laps. I don't know, but dude, from what I've seen, you, what's the problem? I think it's a stereotype that he ain't from here. He ain't never raced it. And all the things that are true that he might struggle on, people are just holding that against him without holding the actual facts against him. They just saying that because they just saying that. Like, I think they might be right, but not the reason why they think they're right. He just might struggle because it's different. He's different. You get out there, you get scared. We saw what happened to Tom Vial. Somebody cross-jumped that dude. Ah! 
Yeah, he went off the racetrack. He said he was scared out there. He boy crazy. It's the minivan line. That's what he's gonna deal with. So uh, what he may have done and shot himself in the foot uh, a couple months ago was he went on an interview with Gypsy and kind of said like, "Hey, I beat." I beat Jet three out of four times at Designations, and I'm not worried about coming into Supercross, but different animal. And some people kind of, he had some backlash for that. You know me, you're my boy, Mike. You know that. You know you're my boy. But what did I just say a minute ago? He's the European version of Mike Alessi. That's some stuff that Mike would say, and he did say it. We cool now. And Mike, you know it. We cool but there was a time, and there was a time I did it. Sometimes I talk too much. And the things that comes out my mouth, it's not, it's more of a cocky in what I believe. Now, I don't believe he's going to go three or four, anything of Jet Lawrence's weekend, like, or two weeks. I mean, I don't even know if he'll beat Jet Lawrence to the starting gate three or four times. But that don't mean what the dude ain't saying. He knows how to ride a motorcycle. I think he's underestimating Supercross, and just the fact is, he ain't never done that before. I'm talking about, I'm, oh, hey, I'm saying that the weather outside is delightful. And I don't even know how the song goes, Santa Claus song. I'm saying the atmosphere and Supercross, putting all those people on the gate, putting no tough blocks around there, and you racing against these crazy ass American, not American, Germans, all Australian. They're crazy. We crazy. We crazy. We go very fast in the beginning, even though you're really good at that. That's why I also call you Michael Death, a European version. But I'm giving you the benefit of like, you're going to struggle with that because you ain't never done that rather than like, nah, because you, what? You just said you beat that dude two out of three, three out of four times, five out of six, four out of five, struggle with math, whatever it is. You gonna do it again? Shit. That's why these other people would be like, nah, you ain't good. And it pisses them off. And then so they say, well, you ain't from here, blah, blah, blah. And it's a full negative. I actually think you got good enough chance. I just think you will struggle because of like, you ain't never done it. And if I ain't never done something, no matter how good I am at something, when I switch over and I'm doing that, I'm going to struggle. Doesn't mean that I ain't good enough to do that. Just give me time and I'm a wax mass. But Jorge, the best thing for him is that he believes that he believes that he can achieve. I believe I can fly. Well, Jorge believes he beat Jet three out of four times. So let's see what happens. We got odds. We can bet on it. You know we can. NXT bets. Threw that in there. We can bet on it. But we'll see. He might struggle beating him three out of four times to the gate. Well, before I cut you off, you're about to bring up Monster Energy Kawasaki. So let's get into those guys. Is Adam still racing? Adam's still racing. It uh, sounds like the 450 is a whole brand new bike this year. And Jason has come out and said last year was not a great year. I had a lot of stuff going on at home. Uh, obviously, kid uh, became a dad and just sounded like their house was flooding at times. So <laughs> he, he, he blamed a lot of his misfortunes on what happened at home uh, kind of and him bringing it to the race. So Looked like it. Um, and I know he's on a new training program and everything. So where does Jason bounce back? Does I mean, Adam still sounds like he deals with that numbness in his hands a little bit. Uh, I mean, though they're two great guys, but where do they kind of mesh in? Well, El Hambre, I don't know. Do you got your gun permit this year? Because that's the only way I see is some people are going to die tonight. That's all. Like if you look. And I always joke around with him. You know, I don't, I don't promote no balance, but I just say 
some people got to have the mentality of like, I'm shooting everybody, you know, got to have that mentality. So if you are dealing with issues at home, then you ain't showing up with that mentality because you worried about what's going on in the past. You worried about little Johnny. You worried about Cynthia, Sugi. What's her name? Siggy. Siggy. You worried about her flooding in the house. Those are problems that racing, that's what we do for, you know, weekend, one day a week. That's what we do. You know, but we got to go home and live. We got to hear the old lady whatever excuse me my language we got to hear her disagree with some of the things that's going at home and we both know all our men know happy wife happy life happy when that ain't happy ain't nothing happy you can't tell me nothing if i gotta go home and deal with this thing and vice versa ladies we be crazy we be acting like you know too so nonetheless i felt like that for jason like i felt like he was like you know he was Gonna pull it out and like, I'm tired. I ain't got no bullets. Like whatever it was. So I don't know the new bike. I thought his bike looked good enough last year to win. You know, obviously there was other issues going on. So if El Hombre comes out and he's El Hombre, then he'll be El Hombre. He's a champion. He did win seven races previously. He was the guy that he was gonna beat Eli Tomac until he got knocked out at uh Detroit or Indy, whatever race it was. This year he just was never the same guy. So Oh, that's when he was texting in the in between models, right? Oh yeah, that's when you know show. you got. That's when you know you got some problems. You be in there like calling bitches and stuff. Yeah, about bars. I forgot in about between, that. yeah. So there are some other issues, but I expect hell. Uh, I say hell, hombre. I he should be hell on hombre, <laughs> whatever it is. So we'll see what happens. Hombre. Yeah, I don't know. He seemed being quiet. So hopefully, Jason. You know. You know, I like it, whatever. More people, I mean, dude, he's a champion that we're not even talking about. What, what's, Which riders he is on this list? Like, how far do we get down to get to the champion? He has won one of these things. Now, Adam Cincerello, Adam, be my boy. Rolo, Cincerello. Cincerolo, whatever. Cincer, it's sense of, he. that's his problem. He ain't got no sense of those arms. <laughs> so he's got to figure that out. And if man can't feel his arms, then you can't expect much from him. That's a fact. So hopefully he's got Adam's sense of, of the fingers and he can go out there and do what he do. That's all I got to say. <laughs> okay. Well then before I want to hear your predictions of a one, but before we do that, obviously new OEM as well. Well, we got two, but for uh, a one, we'll have beta in there with Colt and uh, Benny Bloss. Sounds like a Atlanta AMT band or like step band, like beta, 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 beta. <laughs> You know what I mean? Whatever they call them. Frats. That's what he is. Frats. Well, uh, they are brand new to the motocross world. And well, for this year, at least in the uh, States. So, um, I mean, it, it's such a cool opportunity with another manufacturer in the game, uh, another ride for people to have. But uh, where is Colt and Benny in your eyes? Benny. Benny. I, well... Speaking of that, like Beta and um, Triumph. Triumph. Yeah, excuse me. I was having a moment right there. Uh, I don't. I, I wish them success because it's better with more manufacturers. And I hear possibly Ducati in the future. Yep. Like it's just more, more to Marriott, more factory rides, more guys get opportunity. It's just better. Just like this world supercross thing, just better. A lot of money on the line. Guys are racing for different prizes. Cynthia. Suit Siggy Siggy like more diapers, so maybe that's why Eli coming back. You know, like diapers are expensive these days, cost of living. So with Beta coming in here, that's a good thing. 
for Benny Bloss, I think Benny is Benny. It's like cheers and cheers. Like, I don't know enough to know that if it was Beta or Suzuki or KTM or Husky, would Benny be any different than Benny is? And that's not negative. That's just. He's a solid dude. He's a solid dude, right? He's whooping my ass. So um, that's Benny for you. Now, Coke 45. Coke 45 is a little bit different. He's got more up ceiling. He's got the ceilings a little bit higher than Benny. So I would say the bike does make more of a difference for him um, to be comfortable because he's kind of in that frandness a little bit situation. Like, you know, with injuries in the past, I think he might be a little bit more timid. The bike needs to be a little bit more right um, for him. But, I, you know, if Beto is coming in and they're doing this Supercross stuff, they ain't half-assing it. They're giving everything they got. So the fact is, like, they... They're, they're new at Supercross, but they're experienced. Like they have been around for a little bit. Right. Um, they had the GP with Kevin, um, with Van Dyke. Van Horbeck. Van Horbeck, excuse me. And so they have some background, and I do feel like they're going to try to make a statement. So they'll do whatever they can. We'll just figure out if the everything gels together and works. So, um, Colt, you know I'm cheering for you. So 45 needs to be – I spec the podium. And if you can get Beta, like their first ever podium in Supercross, like, damn, you son. It's like what Barsha, like when he won over there at TLD, got the Anaheim one, like you got a lifetime contract. So, yeah, right. Um, one thing that I, I always kind of geek out on, like sponsors coming into the industry or whatever. I'm not sure if anyone's really pointing this out, but um, Beta on their radiator shrouds have Fiji water. So damn. Kind of a cool, I know you're a Fiji guy, actually. I'm a Fiji, man. Um, Cope. Yeah, I might need the hookup. I need the hookup. Like, you know, Master P, I got the hookup. What? You know uh, nothing about that. What's your opinion on the overall look of the bike? Colt's beard is pretty nice. And the background's beautiful on that photo. And I like blue and I like red. Sounds like a political answer here. Nah, I mean, look, is that a gas tank? Yeah, the whole white thing is a gas tank. We'll be right back, people. We get a commercial break. Do we even got any sponsors to go to? I don't even know. Who? I mean, it's European look. Yes, very. That's like saying like, that's like a black man with chicken in his hand. Well, like he likes chicken. R- really, my only thing is just how exposed the the muffler is. It I is mean, very exposed. I thought they were like waiting to hang it. <laughs> like I really thought they were. It, and I, I mean, damn. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if Coke's happy, he looks like he's smiling. If he's happy, I'm happy. No matter what I think it looks like, it's what he thinks it feels like. Yeah, just the, the number plates are the only thing that I, the side number plates and the front, I guess, are a little different but to me. But I think because everything else is so damn big. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah, man, Vinny with that seat, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's just straight, like, teeter-totter. Like, it's <laughs> a, a massage table. <laughs> well, uh, I mean... We kind of, the only other big uh, factory guy we haven't touched on is AP. Um, Damn, I forgot about AP. Yeah. But, but he's. Y'all like, know what y'all with AP. Yeah, who knows? He says he's taking this offseason just to really work on his technique. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, when you really look at it all, like, there's a lot of factory guys. And it's, I mean, it's going to be hard to get a top 10 coming into A1. Yeah, we always say that. Um, every year we always say there's a lot of talent in this field. I I do think, um, 
there's a lot of talent, but what there is more than anything is a, it's a opportunity. There's an opportunity to have somebody step in and like maybe replace Eli Tomat. We all think that 90% of it is looking towards the 18 and the brothers. And I think there's something to say about the, the future of the sport is can be really dictated in these, in the month of January. I really think, and I, I think I wouldn't underestimate what happens January. Like it might be a, the future of Supercross for a little while. Cause if they go on the tear and that dude starts running through there, those people, and he gets on a, a roll like he did on that motocross series, then I think it's going to be hell on high wheels because Eli Tomac ain't going to be around forever. He ain't going to be around. Like he came back here. He was already thinking about leaving earlier. Cooper Webb, like, he ain't gonna be around forever, you know, and like this change, it's gotta happen now. It's gotta happen now for Eli Tomac. You know, some guys, it's gotta happen right now. Jet Lawrence don't have that luxury. Like, I mean, he has that luxury. It doesn't have to happen now, even though it might happen now, but he's got time. These other guys don't. So, what does that do? And I think it's important. Again, there's a lot of things going against him changes, time, injuries. New looks, all this. And then the one guy that's probably going to be your biggest competition, the one guy that you're probably trying to stop is on the same motorcycle, got his brother as a teammate. He can't be any more comfortable than ever. He might be the most comfortablest contender I've seen in a long time. He ain't changing nothing. Um, and not to say they ain't got new pieces, but he's on the same team with his brother. I don't even know if we ever had that, you know, to have a team rival, like a really a home vibe in your truck, which might end up being like your biggest competition, which might be your brother. And so that said something about just being comfortable in family. And I think when we see jet comfortable, Hunter comfortable, they'll beat anybody. They'll beat anybody. And so it's good thing for the 450 class is that there's a King that's waiting to sit up there on the throne. Eli Tomac was that King He's always, he's been like that guy for the last few years. It's always been Eli Tomac. Even when Ken was there, even when it was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> even when it was Cooper Webb winning the title, it was still what happened to Eli. Eli crashed. Eli had the most wins. He was the guy. Well, Eli blew his Achilles out. Eli's coming back to prove that he still is the king and he's the king until he ain't want to be the king no more. So there's like a, um, the, the the leader has had his head cut off and now we're trying to figure out who's going to fill in that void, who's going to be the next guy. And I feel like the opportunity for the old guys coming with new guys, it's going to be a good thing. And I'm, I feel like I'm selling this thing, but that's, I'm excited to watch. The fact is that there's so many top guys trying to prove something. And I think that's, what's going to make this year different than even years in the past. Cause we knew Eli was champion. We felt like he was going to come in. Would he just repeat? Would he do whatever? But when you got a champion like Eli trying to prove something, you got El Humbre saying it was home life. I'm trying to prove something. You got Chase Sexton trying to prove something. You got Jet Lawrence still trying to prove something. Coke 45 trying to prove something. Like when guys are out there trying to prove something, Jorge product beat him three out of four times. He trying to prove something. That's where your race is. Because every year we come in and we say the talent's deep. It is deep. But it's the motivation of these guys and what they're trying to accomplish. And going out there, like, I know 
that's when it, the racing, because in 2009 and 2007, when I raced, he was trying to prove something. And that dude was tough. Ricky was, he never won A1. It was last chance. He was trying to prove that he could do that. Chad Reed was trying to prove that, like, Yamaha made a mistake. And he almost did. I mean, he almost did. So that's, that's racing. And I think that's what we get. And so there's, there's that opportunity for a lot of guys to show up and put that stamp on there. And they just know one stamp you don't want to see is that from under, from down under, my brothers from down under. You don't want to see that stamp up there because if not, we might be talking about, you know, 72 could be in play. I also, I don't want anyone to get upset, but I did forget to mention Justin Cooper moving up to 450 class on Star. So another 250 champ and hanging with Mr. Coop. Hanging with Mr. Coop. You know, he's um he's sneaky, silent, silent. I, I think he's he's kind of like Coke 45 to me last year going in. Like he's a champion. Obviously, he's has some talent. You know, I think Coke came a little bit more out of nowhere. And then when he won that title, then he was like got really good where he was that guy. Where I think Justin Cooper, like we've been talking about him, like we're surprised he hasn't won more races and championships. Um and I think he has more talent than um, Colt, but I think we look at him saying like, oh yeah, he's racing. He should get a podium, but I think it's going to be dictated on like the bike and all this stuff right. and we'll see. So, yeah. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot and I'm going to write this down. All right. Top three. Let's hear the podium 450 class at A1. Your pick. Let's put, let's just put a friendly $10 on it. See who. See, see that's hard because Anaheim is a different race. Right. Exactly. So, I, I mean, I, it's like, did you expect Justin Barsha to win? Like, no, but that's what could make it interesting. I mean, damn, why are you trying to put? I'm more championship. I could, I could predict uh, long term. Mm, it's too, that's too long term a commitment. We might forget by then. All right, who's going for the win? I'd say Jet Lawrence wins. Okay, um, second Eli. I think Eli probably gets second. Um, and then I would go. <sighs> yeah, I don't think Chase is going to get third. I don't think he's going to get third. I think Chase is going to be like fifth. I would say he's like a fifth place guy. Um, but so my third, my third, I'm feeling like, like Ken Rodson. Oh, we Dylan, got Dylan Fernandez. Yeah, we got Roxon. You got Anderson. You got um, your brother. You got Prado. Uh, yeah, I mean, who slides in there? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be like a third could be a tossum guy, like a guy that's like I would say, not a guy that I feel like that could win races or real threat for a championship. Even though the guy might get third, might be a threat, but I feel like you got. Well, in a sense, Anaheim won 18-3, and then I'm going to go, um, I, I think I'm going to go 14. I don't 14, know. Yeah, okay, big I'm call. Go 14 on that one. All right, well, how about, this is a track map. Does this change your opinion at all? Back-to-back whoop sections. Kind of a busy track. Even a dragon's back over the... Yeah, I, I think that solidifies my pick even more. Okay. I, I think I feel pretty okay, so it goes that way. 
yeah, on off. I think the back-to-back whoops, that's going to help Jet. I think it'll help Eli. I think um, even Ferrandis looks like a tighter track, technical, yeah. so the speed won't be up. Right. I think the way I see Chase and the way he's been riding, I don't know, like he doesn't have that flow, that speed that will allow him to run through that. So I don't feel him. And I think a guy like Cooper Webb, that track's too technical at too early. Mm. to benefit him um and his 180s on this track so it's not like the 90s okay. um and, and i like a fair amount of i 90s. like for, yeah but they're not like 90s where like you cut down and i don't know you save time like some okay. like cooper last year there was a different type of 90s those are just turned everybody's gonna funnel to the inside right you know Maybe go outside and triple, go to start. But that's a guy that's comfortable on the motorcycle kind of track a little bit to me. Okay. And yeah. All right. So 18, three, 14. I honestly, uh, I'm going to go Tomac win two or second would be, I'm going to also say jet just opposite. And then I would put rocks in and yeah. third. So, um, I don't know. I, yeah, I do agree. This is a track that it also depend. I, I don't put from what we're hearing any Austrian brand in the top three, just because of the back to back whoop sections, depending on how those kind of turn out. I mean, the dirt's usually a little bit harder at Anaheim, but, um, so they might not deteriorate as quickly, but. Well, I think the Anaheim one is probably going to be wet. I th- last couple of years oh. it's been like not, well, not even wet, but it's going to be rutted. Like, I, I think there might be sticky. Usually it's the second and third one that gets like that. The reason I, I picked, because we're on the same thing. I was thinking about 94, and my theory is behind it, is that I'm going with the most guys that has the least amount of change that the most comfortable on their bike okay. the quickest. And I think even though Eli hasn't raced for a while, I think he's still Eli Tomac, and I'm sure they made that bike better. Um I think I just look at that track that somebody just saw it, that it's not going to be tinkering around with his motorcycle so much. And I believe Jet, he might change his bike and all that stuff, but he doesn't have any changes. Like he's not trying to figure out how this bike goes through the whoops. Eli's not really trying to figure that out. So Ken rocks and falls in that category. The reason I picked Dylan is from what I've seen and the way this track looks, it just looks like a, like if you, a Dylan friend is kind of track really. Um, so him and Ken Roxon. That's why I said like a guy like that, I mean, even Justin Barsha might be that, that guy. If he rides last year's setup um, and everybody else, it's just because they got too many things. So even with Chase Sexton, like I'm not saying that Chase might end up winning the title. Um, but right now I, it sounds like they're still figuring out the frame. They're trying to figure out this stuff. He's still got to go out and figure out how that thing races. Usually right now you got your bike set up, you set, then you go to Anaheim and then it sucks. Everybody bike sucks. But then you already know you're not changing frames right now. Like if you're still doing that, like that means you're showing up at Anaheim riding something that you're not even, you don't even got all the, like you're not even set at home with. Like you're still trying to figure it out at home. It's not a good spot to be in. So I think Chase would, <clears throat> Chase might be your champion, but I don't think he's going to be your champion here at this race because he's going to be figuring out that motorcycle from what it looks like. Uh, we're kind of running out of time. But quickly, let's uh, hear maybe your pick for 250. Yeah, my 250, it's hard with those guys because you don't know who's racing West Coast, East Coast. But 
Joe Shimoda looks really good. I think his riding style fits the Honda. We saw what he was carrying over from last year. I don't know what Danger Boy is he riding east? Sounds like east right now. Uh, yeah. So you know when we get over there, I think he's going to be beast. I think even Hymas. I'm looking forward to these rookies. 29. The Ivan Tedesco look like um, um, Julian Bomber. Bomber. I'm looking forward to all those guys and even some of them. But right now, the class of the field, Joe Shimoda. Now let's just see how far East Coast when it's time and it's almost technically a home race for him, really. I think he's in a good spot. He's surrounded with champions. He's on a great team. They my friends. Everything, even though one of them took his ass out a few years ago, like two years ago, he's in a good spot. So Fire East Coast, that's my pick, um, not knowing everybody else. And then, of course, you have you know, Austin Forkners and all those guys. 250 is going to be always like 250 class. You just never know what you're going to get. It's going to be good. But Joe looks solid. Well, uh, that's pretty much all the time we got. So let's uh, let's wrap her up, James. Yeah, guys, good to see. Good to be back. Good to be back. You know what time it is. Like almost said, my favorite time, your favorite time, students and students. That's going to be me in the minivan line today. So now it's good to be back. It's been a while. A little rusty. Good to have Cole back. And I will see you guys in Anaheim One. I will see you guys back here on Tuesday, like we always do on the Rewind Show. But until then. Happy New Year's, happy Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Fleet Year, happy Thanksgiving, happy. I'll see y'all later, whatever.